She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles, back at you this week. I am just so encouraged by the downloads, by the things we're hearing from you. I got a text message yesterday from someone. We had just released the podcast for last week and she was like, I've already listened to it twice. You have no idea what that does to my heart. Thank you guys so much for your faithful listenership, I guess we would say. We've also heard from a lot of you guys this week. A lot of you guys are like, wait, where'd your radio show go in DFW? I've, uh, for those of you that don't know, I led a daily radio show in Dallas, Texas for four and a half years. And we felt God moving us away from that to focus on this piece of our ministry. So for those of you that were loyal listeners to the show, we welcome you to this new improved refurbished podcast. We have been getting more and more messages of where did the show go? We just changed methods. We feel like this is exactly where God wants us to be. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Share this with a friend. Of course, subscribe. Of course, do all the things. Send this podcast over to someone for encouragement. I want to give into my opening thoughts. You guys are loving these opening thoughts and I'm kind of loving telling them. My husband is out of town. Okay. He's at a pastor's conference. For those of you that don't know, my husband has been a pastor forever. So he is an ordained minister. So he's on this pastor's retreat and he was so happy when he called me. It was hilarious. He was like, I am just doing great. Everything's wonderful. He's at the beach. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad you're in such a great mood. What's been going on? And he told me that they had just gone deep sea fishing. Now, deep sea fishing is something I can't get into. I love going on like, you know, sunset cruises or whatever on the ocean. I love a dolphin cruise. My kids are obsessed with dolphins. We do that every year we go to the beach. But the deep sea fishing thing I can't get into, mainly because it smells. But he went on this deep sea fishing trip and I was like, awesome. It sounds like it was great for your soul. He said, yeah, it was awesome. I said, well, how many fish did you catch? He was like, oh, Autumn. Oh, Autumn. I schooled all of these pastors. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? I caught 40 fish. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I couldn't even catch one fish if I begged it to jump on my hook if I wanted to. My husband is out there. He is catching fish after fish after fish. And he was like, we're having fish tacos for dinner and we're going to use a lot of the fish that I caught. And I thought, wow, that is amazing that you caught so many fish. He was like, Autumn, I caught more than anybody that was there. And I said, was this a fishing competition? And he said, no. (laughs) I said, okay, so you keep telling me that you've caught more fish than anyone that was there and you're so proud of it and that you schooled all these people, but it wasn't a fishing competition. And he said, no, it wasn't. I said, so it was a fishing competition in your mind only. And he said, yes. Now, my husband is a super, super nice guy. He's, he is, everyone loves him. You meet him, you love him. But he's got this side that is like, 
I mean, I don't even know. He doesn't bring it out very often. But when it comes to playing games, fishing, any sort of what he thinks is a competition, he kind of gets cutthroat. Like, for instance, we don't play Monopoly in our house. Why? Because we are not mature enough to play Monopoly. We want to stay married. I love him. We've been married for 16 years. But if we were to play Monopoly and he goes and steals my hotels or he doesn't give me boardwalk, there's going to be a problem. So coming back to this fishing story, he in his own head had set up a competition in his mind that none of the other fishermen knew existed. He was competing with all of them, but they didn't know they were in a competition. And I literally laughed out loud as he was telling me this story, because number one, that is so typically him. But number two, I thought of how we place ourselves in this quote unquote competition with somebody else and they have no idea they're in a competition with you. In your own head, you have decided, I need to beat this person at the way they dress their kids. I need to beat this person at their Pinterest skills. I need to beat this person at how fast I can graduate from school. I need to beat this person at my GPA average. I need to beat this person. I was even talking to one of the girls on my team and she said, there's like this unwritten rule that if you're trying to get pregnant at the same time and her group of friends and someone gets pregnant before the other one does, then there is this like weird interchange because the one who got pregnant first was secretly in competition with the person who's not pregnant, but they're trying at the same time. So they feel bad. It's just like ridiculous. We are competing with people in our own head that don't even know they're competing with us. Social media promotes this type of thinking in jobs, in ministries, in marriages, in families, in whose kid gets to play longer at the volleyball game. We, in our own heads, we are in competition with people that they don't even know they're in competition with us. And when we win, we get really happy for ourselves. But when we lose the imaginary competition, it puts us into a depressing state or or we're discouraged. This has to stop. I told my husband, I'm like, that is ridiculous. He's like, oh, Autumn, we're guys. Like, it's fine. I'm like, okay, well, maybe for this one instance, like whatever. But when we start living our lives, trying to compete with someone else, and we aren't focused on celebrating other people's accomplishments, That's when Satan wins. I think Satan right now is pointing us towards other people. We've created these secret competitions in our minds with them. And because the enemy has magnified these secret competitions in our minds, it is hard for us to be happy for someone when they are in their own winning season. If you're in competition with someone, it's going to be incredibly difficult for you to be excited, encouraging to them when they are in a winning season and you just happen not to be. I want you today to evaluate these maybe 
silent competitions that you have put yourself in that the other person doesn't even know and they don't even care and they don't know if you're winning or losing compared to them. They're living their life. It's driving you crazy, but it's not driving them crazy. I want you to evaluate who you have the secret competition with. And I want you rather to to compete with them. I want you to celebrate them when something great happens to them. I want you to celebrate their winning season. I want you to send a text message and say, hey, I see you got engaged first. Hey, I see you lost 10 pounds first. Hey, I see your son played 20 minutes in the football game. I just want to say that is so incredibly great with you. I want you to switch the way you think to celebrating them rather than competing with them. And this is why, because God's timing for them is not the same timing he has for you. You are on two different paths. You have two different purposes and God is working in both of them. Those are my opening thoughts today. We'll be back after the break for some really good stuff from God's word. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, guys. I was at church on Sunday, and and my husband and I have been going to in-person church for a long time. As soon as the churches started opening up in the DFW area, we were going. We need to go. I need to go. I need to be around other believers. It does something for every believer to be around people that are passionate about the Lord. And we came back to a church that is not our home church, but it was a church in the area that we have gone to a couple of times. And I just sat down and the worship was playing and it was just beautiful. I mean, the the worship leaders were so passionate about what they were doing. I was loving the songs and the preacher preached. And, you know, I came home and had a couple of conversations with people. And it was interesting how these conversations went because, you know, one of the people I was talking to, they were saying, you know, we we just feel disconnected from the Lord. And I'm like, well, have you been back to church yet? Are you just watching online? And they're like, well, no, we haven't been back to church yet. And just to be honest, you know, this whole season, I think there has been so many people that have that same feeling. So as I was having this conversation, it was almost like the Lord was speaking to me while I was having this conversation. And he was saying this, I believe to the church, this is straight out of his word. In Genesis, he says something. It's so incredibly profound. 
It's so incredibly powerful and it immediately shows you his heart. He cries out for Adam and Eve in the garden and he says this one question, where are you? As I was having this conversation, I got this overwhelming sense that we feel a little displaced. Maybe we feel disconnected from God just because we aren't in a routine of consistently going to church. We don't know if our church is going to open. Maybe it has been open. Maybe you've been going since the pandemic started. I don't know. But I got this overwhelming sense that God is crying out to his church and he is saying, where are you? Because I'm right here. And you may feel displaced and you may feel disconnected and you may feel like you kind of don't know what the future holds. So you don't know your way back. You don't know your new routine yet. You don't know how this whole church thing is going to work out for you. And it's affecting your relationship with God. And maybe you've got some sin in your life because of the events of 2020. You haven't had a chance to really cultivate intimacy with the Lord. And you feel as if there is a rift between you and the Lord. And I want to remind you very clearly today that I believe that God is standing and he is saying, where are you? I want to wrap some context around this passage of scripture. In Genesis 3, this is what happened in the Garden of Eden. God met with Adam and Eve every day in the evening and they went for a walk. Well, one specific day, the day after Adam and Eve both ate of the fruit of the tree, which they were tempted to by Satan, they hid themselves. I want to read it. I want to pick it up in Genesis 3. Let's start in verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Let's move on to verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Where are you? I've actually been very moved by this passage of scripture just because it's a feeling that I have. I, I believe that it's from the Lord that I get this sense that the church, the people of God are discouraged. They're disappointed. They feel displaced themselves. They feel disconnected. Now, Adam and Eve was disconnected because they sinned and they knew it and they their eyes were open and they saw what they had done. They had disobeyed the Lord. But Maybe it's not that there's sin in your life. Maybe you just feel so incredibly disconnected from the spirit and you feel like God is silent. 
You feel like he's not answering your prayers. You feel like he's not engaged in your life. Maybe so many different things has happened to you this year that it's put you into this maybe depression state of mind. Maybe you're discouraged all the time, but you just feel like there is a disconnection between you and the Lord. I want to encourage you guys today. It's not God that's moved. It's you. It's you. God knew that Adam and Eve had sinned. He knew that there was a a disconnection that they were feeling as a result of their sin. He knew that they were hiding. And what's even more interesting than that, they decided to hide in the trees and God made the trees that they were hiding in. He knew that they felt what they felt. And yet he still showed up in the cool of the day to walk with them. I was sort of moved by this because after having several conversations of people that are like, you know, I've got to get back in the routine of going to church. I just feel so disconnected from God. I I feel like God's being silent. Even the messages that you guys are sending me on a regular basis are saying that same thing. I, I just can't find God. He's not answering my prayers. I feel like I am discouraged all the time. And, 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 you know, I totally understand that because I have been there too. But what I have to remind myself of is this, God hasn't stopped showing up. The depression, the discouragement, the unanswered prayers gets us to move back because we start believing that maybe God isn't as engaged as we think that he should be. Maybe we can't feel him. Maybe we don't feel his presence. But let me tell you something, just because you don't feel his presence does not mean that God is not still there crying out, asking the question, where are you? Where are you? Those things, disappointment, discouragement, seem to separate us, but we're the ones that move back and God stays consistent. I want to call out of you today to come back Sometimes when we don't get what we want as a result from the Lord, you know, we step away from him and we put our attention on, you know, something else, the news, social media, our kids, or we throw ourselves into something different. But God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants to cultivate. He wants to grow. He wants to speak to you. He wants to meet with you. So if you feel like you are off, like you are separated, like you are disconnected, God is calling, I believe, in the garden, just like he did to Adam and Eve. Where are you? In verse 10, he said, so I heard your voice. Adam is saying this. I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree? which I commanded you that you shouldn't eat. Then the man said, the woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, what have you done? They go on this discourse of of what is going to happen as a result of their sin in their life. But I think it's so incredibly important. I want to pull this out of the passage when God is saying, where are you? Adam responds and he says, well, we hid ourselves because of this. We didn't want to meet with you because of this. 
There is a justification for him not meeting with the Lord. There is a justification for them not showing up. And you know what? I probably would have done the same thing that Adam did if I'm completely honest with you. But I feel like when I am talking to people today, they are saying, well, I haven't had my quiet time because God seems so distant. I haven't had time in prayer or communion with the Lord because I am just so discouraged. I can't seem to separate myself from my life right now to commune with the Lord because X, Y, Z, there is always an excuse not to stand and to meet with the Lord and to cultivate a relationship with him. But I am telling you right now, more than ever, no matter if your church is meeting or not, no matter what's happening in your life or not, no matter if God is taking time to answer your prayer or not, he is still standing there and he is saying, where are you? Because one of the things I want more than anything is to have a relationship with you. Come walk with me. He knows you're discouraged. Just yesterday I was praying about just things that are happening in my own life. And it was as if God totally shut me up. I was praying and I was, you know, going through my prayer list of things that I needed and I wanted. And it was as if God just shut me up. And God does this to me sometimes. Okay, Autumn, I hear what you're saying to me, but what are you actually feeling? What do you actually think right now? Rather than pacified, sugar-coated emotions that you sort of feel, how are you actually feeling about what's going on right now? I am not interested, and this was all in one thought, you guys. I am not interested in the sugar-coated version of your prayer. I am interested in the raw, unedited version of how you feel about what's going on right now. And let me tell you something. It changed everything about my prayer time yesterday because I thought to myself, well, okay, here we go. And I began to sort of unveil, pull back the crappy layers of the fake stuff. God, this is how I actually feel. Just like God knew that Adam and Eve were hiding in the bushes. He knew exactly where they were located. He knows exactly where you are in your mental, emotional, physical state right now. And guess what? Just like he showed up for Adam and Eve, he still shows up for you, knowing exactly how you feel about what's happened to you, exactly how you feel about your circumstances. It didn't make him, oh, well, I'm not going to meet with Adam and Eve tonight. I'm not going to go on a walk with them tonight. No, I'm sure he showed up wanting to hear from them. Listen, we sinned. We ate from the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. We know we shouldn't have done that. We want to confess it to you. We want you to know exactly exactly what we've done. I believe that's why God showed up. He wanted them to come to him with their raw, unfiltered emotions and actions that they had done. And I believe he wants that same thing for you. The way to build intimacy with the Lord is to get unfiltered with him. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly how you feel. He knows exactly what's happening in your life. And when you are able to come to him boldly before the throne of grace and say, this is how I feel. I'm kind of mad at you right now. 
I'm frustrated with how this turned out. I'm angry that this didn't go in my favor. He provides grace, context, wisdom that meets your frustration, that brings you peace. I've done this a lot in my Christian walk. I remember several years ago, I was going through a really, really stressful time. And to be honest, I was totally mad at the Lord. I was just mad. I didn't understand it here. I've been faithful. It's really funny how prideful we can get. Well, I'm so faithful to you, God. Oh my goodness. How could you not be faithful to me? It's hilarious. That's just pride. We will never be more faithful to God than he is to us. But that was my sinful nature just coming out. I remember driving on I-30 here in Dallas and I was just telling him, you know, just a washed up version of my prayer. And he was like, just stop talking. How do you really feel? What are your real emotions? I'm not interested in hearing stuff that you'll tell your staff. I'm not interested in that. I don't hold that position in your life. I'm your father. And I can actually do something about it. And I remember I had a good old-fashioned confession session in my car that day because he knew, just like he knew where Adam and Eve were at, he knew where I was at. He wasn't intimidated. He wasn't scared. But it was his grace that seemed to overwhelm me as I got completely transparent with him that allowed me the strength to carry on. There is nothing more that God wants from you right now than for you to move past some of these discouragements, frustration by being transparent with him so that he can take, this is one thing I put out on my Instagram recently, Lord, my deficit needs your abundance. He wants to take the deficit that you're feeling and he wants to overwhelm it with his abundance. It heals places in you. And it gives you the strength to move forward. I want to go to the New Testament just to close out this message. It really ministered to me the other day when I realized just how much he wants communication, relationship, just how much he wants to be close to us. I was putting Moses to bed and... um, My five-year-old son, Moses, he is so spiritually inclined. I mean, he talks about Jesus all the time. We took him to school. They go to public school and he's like, mom, they didn't talk about Jesus not one time today. And I'm like, I know you need to talk about Jesus if you don't hear anyone talking about Jesus through the day. But he's so spiritually inclined. And I put him to bed the other night and he said, mom, tell me a story. And this story came to my mind. I'm going to read it to you, but I told it to him in Mark 10, 13, and they were bringing children to Jesus so that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And this is what he did to these kids. 
he took them in his arms and began blessing them, laying his hands on them. I told this story to Moses and I told Moses about how these kids were all around Jesus. Kids sometimes don't know that there's like these unwritten rules all around Jesus. They were crowding him. And the disciples came in and they tried to take the kids away. And what was Jesus's response? He was indignant. He was mad. And he said to them, permit them to come. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I thought about this story in Genesis where God showed up with Adam and Eve. And then I thought about the heart of the father through Jesus sitting with these children as we are children of God. And I thought about this. Sometimes we're the disciples keeping ourselves back from Jesus. He wants nothing more than you to come to him, to sit with him, to listen. He doesn't want to shoo you away. Nothing He wanted nothing more than hang out with those kids. We as adults complicate it. We separate ourselves. And yet Jesus is saying, no, I want you to come. And in verse 16, it says this, and he took them in his arms and he began blessing them, laying his hands on them. I literally want this to be a giant hug for you today. God is crying out, where are you? My heart is that you are to come. My heart is that you can come and you can sit in my arms. My heart is that I I want to bless you. My heart is that I want to give you my abundance of peace. My heart is that I want to make things right for you. My heart is that I want to hear your heart so I can give you the grace to move on. That's his heart. And we see that through his son. And I wonder today if you're separating yourself, just like the disciples tried to take away the kids because you feel disconnected. I think maybe some of us are disconnecting ourselves. I encourage you today, get alone. Let the abundance of the Father minister to your deficit so that you can move forward. I love you guys. I hope this encouraged you. I'll be back after the break with a question from one of you. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. 
Hey guys, thanks for joining me back from the break. I hope that message encouraged you guys today. I have a question from a viewer or listener that we got in. Her name is Wendy. Hi, Wendy. How are you? Thank you so much for your question. This is the question. Why does it always seem like God is doing things in other people's lives, but not mine? Am I missing it? Wendy, this is a fantastic question. One that uh, I've had like 500 times myself. I'm going to get into your answer, but I want to plug my book. Okay. Gangster prayer goes all in to this. This is actually one of the questions that we confront. And I think it will help you a lot. Go pick up my book and get it anywhere. But I want to go ahead and give you a quick answer. When it seems like God is doing things in other people's lives, but not mine, number one, that's not true. Okay. I love you, but that's not true. However, just like I talked about with my husband earlier in the show, we're in these secret competitions with other people. Oh, wow. God, she's engaged, but I've been waiting for 15 years. It seems as if God is working in other people's lives, but not yours. Here's what I want to tell you. You are not on the same timetable that your friend is. Okay. You are not on the same timetable that other people that you are watching their lives are in. God has his own plans for you. He has his own miracles set aside for you. So like my husband did, when we compare on these secret competitions with other people, we can get tripped up when God does it for them, but he doesn't do us for us. My advice to you is Number one, give it to the Lord. Number two, shut off these silent competitions that you're having with other people. Because if you don't, you will live discouraged. If you don't, you will be frustrated all the time that God is doing it for them, but he's not for you. And you must slam yourself upon the strength and the trust of the Lord in order to understand that he has his own plan set aside for you. The last thing I want to say about this is this. Sometimes God allows you to see miracles that are happening in other people's lives, not to frustrate you, but to encourage you that that same miracle he can do for you. I think sometimes we look at this wrong because we're in these silent competitions with each other that no one knows that they're actually in. Rather than looking at it as God did it for them, but he won't do it for me, you need to remember you are on your own journey with the Lord not theirs. And they might be looking at your life and say, well, God gave her a promotion, but he didn't get me a promotion. Why is God doing it for her and not for me? You are on your own journey with Christ. And when you see God come through for someone else, rather than discourage you, it should encourage you that that same God, that same power, that same might of the spirit of the living God will and is at work for you in your life. Other than that, pick up my book and it will go into this multiple times. One of my favorite passages in the book was the submissive prayer, talking about the Gethsemane prayer. He prays for a yes, but he gets a no. I think that chapter specifically would encourage you, Wendy, so much. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. You can catch me right back here next week on the Autumn Miles Show. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. 
There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of The Autumn Miles Show. (laughs) 